Again, the Kabbalah Sakhara, we do well to learn the lessons of history. We find ourselves in the period of time which we know as Sphira, Sphira Sa'omer, which for us is more than just a time when we fulfill a mitzvah every single night. Rather, for us, Sphira is a period of mourning. Tomorrow we lay to the Sephri of Amos that there were 12,000 pairs of students of the great Rabbi Akiva. They all perished between Pesach and Shavuos. Why? Because they did not give sufficient honor to one another. This itself is quite striking. How could students of the great Rabbi Akiva fail to honor one another? And moreover, why does the Talmud express itself in such a strange way? 12,000 pairs of students would it not have been more straightforward to say there's the actual number, 24,000 students, as most of us refer to it in our discussion. Furthermore, they have two more questions. Why is it that this, of all the tragedies that have befallen our people over so many centuries, is the one that we <coughs> take it upon ourselves to commemorate for the period of mourning? And finally, why is it that the original <coughs> enactment concerning mourning, going back like over a thousand years, was one restriction only, not to marry during this time. The equally famous restriction of not taking care of us <coughs> is something which came later on. So I'd like to answer all these four questions with the following. Yes, it's unimaginable that the Akiva students and not have a basic common decency and respect which a Thomas Cotton should have. Undoubtedly they have this. What they lack, however, was the higher, higher level which is expected of someone who was involved with another when it is realized the great significance of their joint venture. <coughs> Remember, in times of old, an individual had one particular study partner, one Chavusa, with whom he toiled diligently day and night to uncover the secrets of the Torah. Just imagine two men studying under the great Rabbi Akiva, the giant of his generation, each and every moment of their time spent together with the great master and the great Rebbe, trying to understand the depth, the profundities, which only this great Rabbi Akiva could uncover. This is the ultimate purpose of creation. This is the highest level <coughs> of spiritual endeavor. And therefore, two individuals who are working on this together day and night must <coughs> have such a high level of respect for one another that it goes beyond almost our ability 
to articulate. And when the Gemara teaches the Masechti of Amos that the 12,000 pairs of students of Rabbi Akiva passed on because May I submit that we're not discussing the relationship between each one of them and the other 23,000 plus. That was adequate. What we're discussing is the relationship between one and the other. Each and every one of the, of the pairs of the study partners, of the Harusis, there was not sufficient covered Zebazer. And the reason that there was not sufficient covered Zebazer is perhaps because, according to their own level, they didn't completely understand and appreciate how important it was that they were doing, how significant it was their enterprise. And therefore they certainly gave due deference and common agreeals one to the other, but they didn't give the incredible amount of respect which is required when two individuals are involved in such an important project. That is why the expression 12,000 pairs is utilized, and that is how we can imagine that students of Rabbi Akiva, didn't they have basic decency towards one another? The answer is yes, they had that. But they didn't reach the higher level, presumably because they weren't fully in sync with this basic fact that they should have realized that their enterprise is so important that it warrants a higher level of respect. There's an interesting Hassan Sofer in yesterday's passion. The same Akiva says, if two people are walking in the desert and there's enough water to allow one to live, what does the owner of the water do? He drinks the water himself because this is triage. You have the water, it's your water. You have to survive. Hence, the Hashem Sofer, what happened to be a half of the Rehaf of Kamocha, then Kalkot of Batar. Here's a remarkable answer. He says, Zek Lagodol Batar. This is the Lagodol when it comes to Torah. When it comes to Torah, I'm required to, to share whatever I've learned with other people. Even if it means that I share it with others, I will not be able to go higher and higher, at least at first glance. Makes no difference. You have to share each with others. But when it comes to the water, comes to the physical world, then the Chayecha Kodem and the Chayecha Vecha. Quite a remarkable interpretation of the Chassam. So, if so, we can perhaps utilize this interpretation in our analysis and say that you have to the Vecha Kodemocha, that you have to be on such a high level to love and to love yourself, is not expected of every individual towards every other individual. It's not a simple chat. But do not, how would we expect every Jew to love every other Jew in the world that loves himself? It's hard to imagine. But if it's Zeh Kalbado Torah, it is referred to this Talmudic past from Yavavos, where I have a Chavrusa, and he is my partner in Torah, we're studying together all day and most of the night. So when I reach this high spiritual connection to this individual, I'm required to love him as I love myself. And because of Yekiva's students who are not quite at this level, they pay with their lives. We now can understand why this tragedy is unique in our history and that it is commemorated every single year at this time. Because this is the time when we are required to prepare ourselves for Kabbalah Satoshi. 
How do we prepare ourselves for Kabbalah Satan? Well, the first thing is to understand the importance and significance of what Limanat Torah is about. And sometimes we fall short. We don't realize how important it is to find time to study Adap Gemara or Perak Mishnayis or Apostle Klumish. We don't give it so much significance. Ah, I learned a little bit more, a little bit less. Or after all, I'm, I'm Shomer Shabbos, I'm kosher. So how important would it be for me to study the Torah? No, it's a terrible mistake. A, a moment of studying Torah is of such tremendous significance. We dare not minimize the importance of our undertakings. And therefore, we learn about Rabbi Akiva and commemorate his students' failure for this interpretation, to grant adequately and sufficiently the critical importance of their enterprise. And it's because they failed in this uh, understanding of how important it was, they lacked on their level the highest possible madrega of covered them there, respecting their, 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 their respective covers, and therefore they passed away. So we in our preparation for, for Kabbalah Satora required during the severe period to recall the tragedy of the Akiva students. Why? So for ourselves to understand how important the spiritual relationship is of two Kabbalists. Why? Because they're involved in the highest level of Limanatos. And it's perhaps for this very reason that it became customary in our world not to marry during this period of time. What is marriage? Marriage is the deepest spiritual relationship which can exist between two people. That's what marriage is all about. A husband and a wife have to share their dreams, their aspirations, their goals, their, their deep understanding of the Rabbonah Shalom, of what it means to have a family, this is the essence of marriage. And if two people, a husband and wife, can appreciate this in each other, their marriage is going to be very successful. If, unfortunately, it happens so often in the world, their marriage is centered more upon the physical, whether it be between one and the other, or whether it be the, the accumulation of, of, of material wealth, this marriage is in a, not necessarily going to succeed because bottle adava, bottle adava, if the particular uh, objective no longer applies and the love dissipates and the relationship uh, disintegrates. And therefore it's considered not a propitious time for one to marry in a historical period when Rabbi Akiva's students fail to appreciate the depth of their different type of spiritual relationship of Kambusas under Rabbi Akiva. Not a good time for two people, a husband and wife, to attempt to begin their, their bias, their home together. Not necessarily because we have such mourning we cannot marry. If you look at the Gemara and Morikot, even a, a real mourner can marry in those circumstances. How much more so a mourning which is only customary? The answer is not the, the seriousness of the mourning per se, but rather the bad time, the Samna Nusa. It's not a proper opportunity for one to begin a home at a historical period when people fail to recognize the importance of spiritual relationships. It's remarkable in that very same Gemara, in the same day, after going through the story of Akiva and his students, the Gemara tells us that someone who was awed with Ishta Kagufo, who Machab the Yosef Kagufo, about him and his stand, the way with the uh, tent can be complete, can be whole, that it can be proper, shalom bayat, and proper, and lasting, enduring marriages, is by giving to the other party, to help out the other one, realize that this is the, the essence of a spiritual <coughs> relationship. 
And therefore, while we have to emphasize primarily during the preparation for Kabbalah Satorah, the tremendous significance of Lila Torah, we have to also recognize that there are other important things in this world. I must recount the conversation that someone had with me just last week about they're writing a whole piece about the marriage, and the question was brought up: What is the husband's responsibility in the home? Does he have a, a right? to say that I have exclusive responsibility to study Torah and therefore I have no obligations at home and therefore anything I do in the house is, you know, be too of I'm going beyond the letter of the law or no, because you have an obligation to help out in the home so my response is as follows one of the of the 48 meters Shatorah Nikdash Bemistry which parallel 48 days of sphere which really means the last part of Abbas is no say Baal and Kavera. It's someone who carries burdens with, with others, with friends. There's no greater Kavera than a wife. And therefore a person has an absolute obligation in order to, not only in the interpersonal sense, but the individual wants to be Zoka the Torah. Wants to be Midasha Torah and Nicholas man. It's no say Baal and Kavera. It is it's helping out and helping out the wife, helping out in the home. And I added the following story. Again, last week someone came to my house to collect funds for a particular uh, need. And he told me that he and his family were very close to the Lake of Shlomazam and Arabah, the Lake of Tadak of On the day of his wedding, he went to get a broker from this Tadak. And he came in the middle of breakfast. And the Roshiva did eating breakfast. And uh, after a minute, he said, please come in with me to the room. He calmed him into the kitchen. And the Shlomazam, while he told him, was washing the dishes. Oh, I was washing the dishes and he said I'm, I'm talking to you while I'm washing the dishes to teach you that now you're getting married now you have the obligation to help out in the house okay from Shlomo took time his precious time to wash the dishes so this Talmud uh, can, can learn something too so we, uh, this is not just uh, something uh, which goes beyond this is something which is integral to the personality of a Talmud Chacham not only an average Talmud Chacham even a to help out in the house, help out others, because through this, Torah is acquired. It's so important for us as we prepare for Kabbalah Torah to recognize these twin truths, which are sometimes hard to reconcile, to balance. One of them is the paramount, overarching significance of Libra Torah, and the other is there are other significant things in life too. Just yesterday, I was preparing for a shir in my shul and I came across the Gemara Masat the Brothers on the Ches where the Gemara tells us that the Yom Shekhar Besamikdash Eilal HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ladaun Amash Lalok HaGulban that after the destruction of the temple HaKadosh Baruch Hu has all he has in this world are the four cubits of of Allah. What does that mean? It sounds like a very exclusive statement. It's often, I believe, our Chazal speaks in some measure of hyperbole. He only has this, nothing else. It can lead to some kind of a, uh, a wrong-headed approach. That's all that counts, but anything goes. And unfortunately, there are those who maintain that the end justify the means, and they do things which are against Halakha and against all kinds of other principles in the name of, quote-unquote, in the name of advancing this which is after all so critical. 
So what's remarkable about that Gemara, if you look carefully in that test, you'll see that the, the, the questioner had asked, tell me something about, about shuls. About shuls, the place of davening. And the response was, Oe Vashem Shari Tzion Mikol Mishkinos Yaakov. That's the post which this, this is based upon. Shari Tzion, as the person explained, these are the portals where individuals pass through to immerse themselves, not only in, in halakhic and, and, and analysis in the theoretical set plane, but also coming down to the practical, the Arab Amashal Allah, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves beyond anything else. <coughs> but the question was raised, he asked about Shul, he asked about Shari Tzion, about, about uh, what we call today Yeshiva, which is focused on, on the Allah of the Maish, and that's what the Shul. The answer is, the mere fact that the two are found in the same branch. All right, Shari Tzion is maybe on a higher level than Mishkin Osiyakov in the Shul. But the fact that they compare to one another indicates the high regard that the Rabboni Shalom has for the Mishkin Osiyakov as well. He finds elsewhere. Chadal said, that Torah is more valuable than pearls. So the Chadal said, what does Kninim mean? Because God all shenichnas lefnaim lefnim. We're a prayer on the word Kninim. So the first question is, what's wrong with the simple shah? What's wrong? The Torah is more valuable than pearls. So the answer is given. The Torah and pearls in different leagues. You can't compare them. How can you compare Torah and pearls? This doesn't make any sense. They're not in the same league at all. They have to be areas of spiritual significance, which is the ultimate significance. So therefore the Chazal reinterpret the word Peninim to say it refers to Kovadolagol the Tnaglatim, great service we just read about yesterday. The Pagan of how important this is. And we say that this tremendously important act of Kovadolagol to the Kodesh HaKadosh is very important spiritually, <coughs> but it's even more important for an individual to be involved in, in Torah at the highest level. So the Rabbi writes, it is an introduction to the Pirish Mishnahites. It's quite a remarkable statement coming from the Rambam. He writes that the whole purpose of creation is spirituality. <coughs> the purpose of creation is unlocking the secrets of Torah and trying to understand the Kodesh as well as possible. And therefore, it is the Talmud Chacham or the, the great Torah master who can immerse himself completely in this kind of an enterprise who is the purpose of all creation. So that's the Rambam. And he makes no bones about it because such an individual doesn't even necessarily exist in every generation. Well, the question becomes, for all we know, there's no one in the whole world today who's at such a high level. So, so what's everybody doing here? What, what, who are we? What's your role? What's our role? If we're not this one individual who the Rambam speaks. So he addresses this question. And he says that the Gemara a little bit earlier in Brahms, the Shabbos was there, that they had the Kodesh Baruch who wanted that there should be an entire world, and there's some individuals who reach the, the, the highest level, the Moshe Rabbeinu. It's got few and far between. But we have to understand that each and every person plays a critical role in establishing a Torah society, a Torah civilization, which is important in its own right, and is also critical to the creation of such individuals, and to their flourishing, their being able to and by the great Torah wisdom and to spread it, which is their ultimate goal. So therefore, we have to understand to the best of our ability the overarching importance of Torah, and yet we have to understand as well the importance of whatever we're doing in life. Sure, we have to require a higher standard of ourselves 
and establishing more times for the study of Torah, for realizing how important it is in our lives, in our lives. You know, the, the, uh, the Chidush Arim says in the puzzle we gave already yesterday, referring to the so the Gerber said you have to understand that's the whole essence of life not that you have a life and you also have Torah mitzvahs but what's required you should recognize what makes your life significant not that you're living you remember right the people all kinds of things that the animals living and the plants living and the all kinds what makes our life special is our devotion to Torah mitzvahs that makes us unique. It makes us to do the the rotzah that God has spoken. And the Ram goes into an entire passage, which might be somewhat parallel to the Ramban Kedoshim Tiu of Noble Mishnah Torah, where he denigrates all kinds of physical pleasures. And these are not important things. If, you, if you're too involved in these things, this is, this is the opposite of Torah fulfillment. The more the person's involved in these things, the less he's involved in Torah. He didn't refer to the to the Arab Jews that people had. Uh, before the Shia, which of course, about which can be said, I mean, came out in Torah, you a little bit, you have to have to eat and drink, keep it going. He meant the overindulgence that we see sometimes at, at Simchas, at restaurants, at, at, at drinkeries, where the people who know better are involved in some of the pleasures of this world, which are not uh, befitting a, 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 a Torah Jew. And the Ramah denigrates this, as the Ramban did as well, the beginning of Kedoshim. So he said that we're supposed to spend our lives devoted <laughs> as much as we can to Torah. You'll ask, well, what, what can I do? I'm not a great Torah scholar. I went a little bit to yeshiva. I go to the rabbi's shira. I, 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 I try to learn maybe a dafyomi. Who am I? Don't ever say such a thing. Every single person who studies Torah has tremendous significance. I just can't do it. I'm too busy with my business or my profession. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough cup. So, it doesn't matter. You still require to study Torah as much as possible. But in addition, in addition, this is not an exclusive, but in addition, we have been taught by a Hazal that an individual who can't study Torah so much should support Torah. In all of its facets, supporting Torah is an integral part of Kabbalah Satorah. Earning a, a livelihood, an honest living, I have the ability to help out Torah institutions, and our rabbis have, in their own inimitable fashion, equated the role of the supporter of Torah with the study of Torah. And I've said, that ultimately, when Hashem rewards the righteous, there'll be one area for the Chachamim and one area for the Torah, for the individuals who support the Torah, and they're going to get some equal, equal rewards. There is stability. But again, I want to make, reiterate two things. Number one, one should not exempt himself and say, I don't have to learn anything because I'm, I'm writing a check to a yeshiva. No, no. You have to learn yourself too. And number two, more important, no one should dare, should dare utilize his philanthropy as some kind of an excuse to engage in less than honest activity. We see that too often. Individuals are involved in less than honest activities in the name of Torah because they have to self-support yeshivas and have to do... That's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. It's a travesty. It's ridiculous. We have a little more amanas latos. We are required to study Torah for the sake of doing it, of, of fulfilling the Torah. 
not to create a chil Hashem to undermine the very essence of what we're all about. These are very important points that we kept in mind. Very important. That very same passage that I quoted earlier, Hashiyat the oath of other Bakaibahem, she read yesterday, the Nitzid has a remarkable understanding, which I I uh, fond of, of repeating, which I think it deserves a, a, a moment of consideration. The Nitzid understands that the word uh the word uh, to do, which you often translate in a more prosaic fashion, I'll do the mitzvahs with much, much more than that. This is his spouse. He says that the word Lassos literally means to create. Asherbal Okim Lassos, he created. And he quotes a number of proof texts for this assumption. One is the contradiction of two Gemaras. Two Gemaras. One place the Gemara says, La'olam Yasok Odom, the Torah Mitzvah Shalolishma, Shemitov Shalolishma, Bolishma. It's a Gemara Masechta Sochim. It's a good thing to involve oneself in Torah Mitzvah for ulterior motives. Because it's going to come from the bill come out of it. Elsewhere, the Gemara Brothers and not Yudayan says that someone who's Oseh, Shalom Lishma, is Noah, Allah, Shalom Nibra. It'd be better if you were never created. Tosa is the question. An obvious contradiction. So Tosa's answer is that Oseh, Shalom Lishma means Amanat Lakanter. Means not just you have an ulterior motives. You're there to try to undermine the Torah. Undermine the Torah. Better off not being created. And the tips it doesn't fit into the word. It's got a remarkable insight. He says the Gemara Pesachim uses the verb of osek. Osek means to involve yourself. You're involved with the existing Torah mitzvahs. This should be done, if necessary, even for ulterior motives, so the pure motive will come later on. But the Gemara problem is a different verb. And that verb is osek. What does osek mean? Osek means to create, to be created. You want to be creative, whether it be in the Fiduce Torah, in the novel Torah insight that you propose, or, even more importantly, in your Hanhavas, and how you conduct yourself spiritually. You want to introduce new customs, new, new, new ways of serving Hashem. This may only be done if your motivation is absolutely pure. The moment there's some question about the purity of your motivation, and you want to do something new, which hasn't been done before, Watch out. This is very, very dangerous. When you are all when you're creating new things, whether it be a Torah or a mitzvah, and a shalom shmah, you have some kind of other agenda or ulterior motive, it's a disaster. So right in the same, and unfortunately we see this even in today's world. People have all kinds of new ideas, and they're not necessarily coming from a completely pure motivation. I've often been asked, Rabbi, they're being judgmental. Being judgmental, you're, 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 uh, I mean, even in the recent uh, press, it's still going on this kind of accusation. You're being judgmental, you're not being down the kasus, you're off the wall, you're very educated, tell it, you always have to uh, give the person the benefit of the doubt. The answer is yes. Rabbana must also be judgmental. As the Gemara tells us, Ayla Dayan, Alamash, Ayla Bros. I don't consider that to be a pejorative. In American society, everything goes. It's a pejorative, be judgmental. But if you're wrong, if you're not judgmental, you're not doing your job. And yes, we give people benefit of the doubt. As, as a general rule, 
person is, 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 is doing what doing what has been done until now. You have to always give the benefit of the doubt. But even if there's something pure motivation fixed in, it's a big deal. We talk shalom 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 shalom. When someone's doing something new, new, it's never been done before. Oh, then you have to watch out. Because then, it has to be completely, totally pure motivation in the civil rights. This is something which cannot necessarily be taken for granted. Even with our rose-colored glasses, not any of us sweat in it. <coughs> and the tip goes further. And he says, we read in this communist parrot, a remarkable mission. The mission begins by telling us to tell us Lilmo Amanat Lalame, who learned in order to teach, so must speak in Biyoto. They enable him to, to learn and to teach. Someone who is Lilmo Amanat Lakos, continues the Mishnah, he's even able to Lilmo Lalame Lishma Lalasas. So the simple reading of Lazarus means to perform the mitzvahs. So the obvious question becomes, what about the first half of the Mishnah? With Lumon Amanat it wasn't Amanat Lazarus. He didn't want intend to perform the mitzvahs. So what kind of teaching, what kind of, what kind of learning? It's all well. It's all the ways. Not serving the mitzvahs, it's nothing. Good question. Answer the Nitzvah, no. Lazarus here means to create. A higher level is someone who's learning, who's even teaching, and even wishes to spend so much time immersed in the study of Torah that something new is going to come out of it. How? What kind of guarantee? Yeah, there's a guarantee. Igmar says, Ain beis amenish below chimish. When he's sitting in the beis amenish, completely immersed in Torah study, something new is guaranteed to come out. Something's going to come out. Better, not so good. A little tiny little, what we call it on Yeshiva, a knech. A little twist, a little something extra, which wasn't so clear before. It's a guarantee. Again, some of the best medish involved in Torah Shabbat Peh, where we taught the Chaye Olam Nata Bisokainu, refers to Torah Shabbat Peh, because Divre Torah is Torim Birobim. It's a guarantee that the person is really immersed, it's going to multiply, appropriate. I like Torah Shabbat Sab. Torah Shabbat Sab, it says in Chadal that Bahayyot is saying Krishna. As if it's new. It's not really new. True, it's not really new. You say Krishna, you say, you know, it's rich, rich. It's that word. It's not really new. You have to consider it somehow to cite yourself as if it's new. But if it's really Torah Shabbat and you're really involved, there's always going to be some kind of Kiddush coming out. Something's going to come up. A person studying with, with a Rebbe, with Tamidin, I know of my own experience. You don't have to be a God of Adol, you don't have to be the, the greatest Tamid in the Shir. A person pays attention and listens carefully to the, this, the question and answer, the question and answer, back and forth, and becomes a Rebbe, a <coughs> contradiction. What he said today, a little bit he said yesterday, and it's true. And then and the Rebbe learns and tries to give an answer and, and told the become more clear. There's a Kiddush. And some Kiddushim are, are we really given to Sinai? We haven't talked about the Gospel of the Kaddish. No one should minimize what's wrong. The Rabbi had the Shia. You come to the Shia and then have a question. And the Rabbi had to think about it. And maybe sharpen his, his definition. Maybe maybe he'll retract what he said and give a different interpretation. Look, my Rabbi was a great mayor of Salavachik. They could talk about how many times someone answered the question. And you're, you're right. And he had to reformulate it, and it was, it was, it was a beautiful sight. Those who remember it, it was incredible. And he saw Kiddushan coming pouring out. So we're far from that level, but everyone at his own level can have this. And we say, it's an important idea. The, we, the Nitzvah speaks 
about being very careful about the importance of number one, trying to innovate, and number two, the restrictions upon innovation. I like to interpret this with this the phrase that we have say all the time. Baruch Elokeinu Shabrata Lufbolu. Hakadosh Baruch Hu made us for His own honor. For His own honor. That means everything we do is for the honor of Hakadosh Baruch Everything. And therefore, since everything we do is in His honor, we dare not take the liberties of this unrestricted creativity. Do whatever we whatever we like, whatever we think is going to lead to 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 greater uh, greater heights. You know, the Chazal say, go back again to yesterday's parasha, that was the sin of Nadav and Avim. Nadav and Avim felt we can write our own, our own uh, prescription. How do you become a higher person? You, you go with, a, with an aged daughter into the, into, the, into the Kodesh, and you'll become a higher, a higher person. You can't write your own prescription. The Kodesh Prophet is the one who tells us, Shabran of on him, and the Bilal of Minatoim. Thomas, what does Thomas mean? The people who stray, who think they can just say whatever they want, innovate whatever they please, and that's all part of, the, of, of what their, their opportunity is. Not true. Not true. Vindasa Lano Torah Emes. He's given us the Torah of truth, and since we're devoted to the truth primarily and above all, we can't just say whatever we please. You'll ask, where is the opportunity for innovation, the creativity, where we get a chance to to, to be Mechayish, there's the answer. Mechayish, Olam, Nodah, V'Sokhenu. Nodah means Torah Merovim. Yes, you, everybody in this room, can say something new, can add something to the Torah discourse of the centuries. You can do it. You have to be a player, you have to get to play the dupes, you have to involve yourself in, in a serious study, you have a question. And you'd be surprised how many great questions we answered of the giants whose <coughs> works we, we study who came from from someone who was sitting in the shear and answered the question and the result of this great answer came about and the encounter with the sky of the questioner who may have been a, an individual who was not so learned but he participated in the Torah tradition the Messorah of all the generations so therefore we have to prepare ourselves every person at his own level for Kabbalah Satoshi this duality of the our understanding of the transcendent and overarching significance of Torah study, as we spoke about before in the context of the Tavina Rabbi Akiva, on the one hand, and yet on the other hand, to understand the importance of other activities and other values, the value of honesty, the value of what we call Kiddush Hashem, the value of individuals who are supporters, who are questioners, all these things come to sharp focus and be prepared for Kabbalah Torah. The Rabbi, as I said before, in the Pirish and is right that this one individual is the purpose of all creation, the one who can reach his high level, and yet he writes in that same passage that every other individual who's involved in a shul, in a mission of Seattle, people come to a shir, come to a daven, a skill of a tzibur, who, who, who raise tribal families, all these individuals have to recognize that they too play, play a critical role in our Torah society. These are such important lessons for us to think about. And I guess the most important thing, as we still stand three weeks away from, from Shavuos, is to think about these things. Try to formulate in our own mind a proper balance, a proper focus, a proper way of, with our own kishronos, given our own talents and our own situation, how can we maximize the Kiddush and Shemayim to our connection to, to Torah? How can we do it? Everyone has a, has a different situation, and I'm certainly not able to tell everybody here in the room how you can do the best. But I can say, try your best. 
try to the best of your ability to find a way to connect yourself, to plug yourself into the system of Torah. So this system has just kept us alive. We say it every night. But do we really think it? Do we really have it in mind? That's a question, a very serious question. I'll close with something which I was privileged to hear from the late Margaret Bishalayim of Shalom Shvadrom. Well, the following story, we'll give it to stories. The story is, a man needs a loan. He has no money. So he goes to the bank and he approaches the teller and is crying out his heart, this is a difficult situation. He says, you know, I really need a loan. I have to, I, I can't get by with my expenses. Says, okay, no problem. Come, now we're already closing. Come tomorrow, nine o'clock in the morning, and I'll be able to provide you with this loan. <coughs> Next morning, come to go, doesn't show up. Again, you're about to close, three o'clock, he walks in, he says, you know, I have this problem, I have this. Yeah, I heard this before. Come tomorrow, nine o'clock in the morning. Okay? Yeah. yeah it goes, this goes on and on and on and on. Never shows up. There are songs in the spouse. Every day, every morning, we come to the revolution. What do we say? Avinu. Oh, a Rachaman, I'm a Rachaim, Rachaim Three times we invoke the mercy of the Kaddish Baruch. What do we ask? Say, we ask for this, for this loan. Give us some of your understanding to better appreciate your Torah. That can be great. The rabbi take a shia tonight. Come, come to the shia. Open the Gemara, open the Chumash. Come, and I'll give you the loan. Go on. The next day, oh, I'm a Fine. We keep repeating this request for a loan. We don't show up to, to, to collect, to take it. This is a mistake. We have to recognize that what we say is not just, we shouldn't just pay lip service to it. We should understand it. We should internalize it. In this course, may we be always open to the fulfillment of the end of that phrase. What is it? What does the phrase go? The Shmoa, Lilmo, Lulame, Lishma Velatos, as the Nasidim explained, Velatos means to create in Torah, to be Makadish in Torah, the Shem Shemayim, Amen.